Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey everyone, it is the Redman Originals podcast. It is the 1st of February, new month, new positive outlook. <laughs> I'm joined uh, alongside me, right next to me, is a man picking at a table. It's Mr. Chris Page. Oh, straight um, you, you Give me a hole of the side. It's going to be fixed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chloe blocks him. Dan Club stepping in uh, for the injured Steehaw. Um He's out with a throat. Well, okay, yeah, checking, yeah. checking for double entendre. Yeah, I think it's safe. <laughs> I think we're good. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about the Reds, obviously, because that's what we do. Um, as much as we'd all love to just, I mean, Chloe wants to start a channel where you just sing 2000s pop songs. As we love the Reds, I wouldn't be singing them, I'd be nodding my head to them. Yeah, you were scared of copyright, even with you singing, weren't you? Which is interesting. No, no, that was him. That, that was, was my concern. Chloe's got a really good voice. Yeah, I mean, there's no copyright issues if I'm singing. No, no, unless they release a one-tone version of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's the monotone version of Neo's greatest hits. Um, Yeah, like like auto tune. If you tuned it all, if you tuned it all in reverse, yeah. yeah, so we're going to be talking. We're going to be doing the agony rounds. We, uh, it's getting earlier and earlier in the show, and I've just decided we're just going to put it up top. First part of the show is going to be dedicated to getting everything off our chests, and then we might look ahead to Wolves in the back end. Yeah. We might. we might. We might, if we've yeah. got time. Yeah. Um, we are going to kick off question. A lot of the suggestions that came in were fucking rubbish, um, so I, I took this upon myself. Um, if you could... Travel in time, which of Liverpool's previous January signings would you bring to today to help Liverpool turn their season around? I'm going to ask Dan Club first. Everyone wants to say Javier Mascherano, don't they? So I'm Clough to wants say, to say a forward, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah, bizarrely <laughs> enough. Yeah. Not a button in the left back beforehand. Uh, no, Anyone that can play left wing? It's just, it's just Javier Mascherano, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I think and he was a brilliant footballer. He didn't really live up to what he then went on to live up to after playing for Liverpool. Like his Barcelona career was markedly better than what he was for us, but what a footballer. And even Wibbled, he was, he was superb. And so with the Canate injury, he can play centre-back. But that's it, <laughs> And precisely. people can stop suggesting Fabinho to play centre-back. Yeah, which is yeah. A lad who can't himself. even play his best position right now. I know, 
I know. Yeah, it's just Mascherano. Class. You talk about Mick Moran on Twitter there. <laughs> talk about everybody who was on <laughs> the that. shows when talk I was doing Mick. the live shows yesterday, Paul. Not just Mick Moran. Everybody was like, Fabinho can play centre-half. He can't even play midfield no more. Yeah. <laughs> Do one. Maybe it's an easier job. It must be because otherwise, like, we'd have definitely tried, like, no, no, actually, no. It's fine. When he was we boss. all know that Nat Phillips and Reese Williams are going to get us top four. Jesus That's Christ. just the way it is. The so back, that happens though, on the down seasons. They are they're the back, you know. I just uh, so we're gonna what are we gonna do? We're gonna move the the fifth centre halves into midfield. <laughs> Matip, Matip, Matip. I honestly, I, I, I would. You're give, not the first person to suggest no. Matip going to I, the. I end. don't see why not. I, I, you know, obviously, right now because we because let's be honest, you you want him playing centre half, but come on, I'd love it. Just one uh, yeah, one game I, of seeing Matip at no, the end. No, I have no interest in that. No. Honestly, no interest. No interest in at all. It's been suggested before to me. I've got no Fuck, interest. I'm not suggesting Honestly. something boring here. Like, I mean, come on. I, what I just we don't, don't to... need is a DM that's going to go missing all game. We've tried that this season. We've got, <laughs> and we've got <laughs> enough and issues. Days just the same. We've got enough issues about trying mad shit. <laughs> and that is mad. We've never seen that. Mad. And Fabinho was boss. When he was the best DM in the world, he was okay dropping back because he was full of confidence. Everything was sound. He can go back. He can do a job. He's now devoid of any confidence. You can't just say, oh, by the way, do you mind doing a job back there as well? No, not happening. Not happening. Has anyone got an alternative suggestion to Javier Mascarano? Or are we just thinking that he's... I mean, there's an obvious one. But, I, I mean, right now, due to our midfield, I'd rather Mascherano, but obviously Luis Suarez. Yeah. Please. See, uh, yeah. If we're gonna, if we're does gonna... he come with Carol? <laughs> no. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to do the whole of that Windows real. business. So we got to sell Salah. Would you rather? Okay, <gasps> I, I, fifty no. million to Chelsea. Here's a question. Which he can spread over the next seventeen <laughs> years <laughs> yeah. to get inside the FFP regulations. Would you rather they had to come as a pair, signed Suarez and Carol, or Sturridge and Coutinho? Ooh. Suarez. No, Sturridge and Coutinho. I want Suarez. Carol, I think, yeah. Could I have Suarez is. for longer than three, four years? I mean... Or will he fuck us off again at some point? I mean, it's, it's, it's within his... He might, yeah, but right. he might also bite someone and get banned yeah. forever. You know what I mean? So, it, literally, the carbon... So and Sturridge, that, you get, again, like... Yeah, you, you're getting a repeat of their careers, effectively. Okay. It's Suarez. Sturridge it's got injured far too much. By the way, because think about what you could do. You could rebuild the entirety of Liverpool again <laughs> yeah. and maybe you'd sell Sturridge a little bit earlier. Than, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. not forget that he played basically the left wing for the first two years, Coutinho, and we're stacked there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, no, but he could be the number 10, Chris. could be the number 10 like everyone said he could maybe be we'll and no one saw any evidence. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if you're in the comments. Uh, what would you rather do if you it's had Suarez. to choose Suarez. Suarez, Suarez and Carroll? I'm still storage in Coutinho. Suarez. On that. I, I, I get the quality, the quality of Coutinho. I think I, I can't wait to see Daniel Sturridge in a high pressure side. <laughs> Brilliant. What a guy. You yeah. thought he got injured a lot when we fucking didn't do that. Yeah, but you he wasn't injured high pressure side. You think this was a high pressure side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been watching all season. Six weeks ago we were. We just weren't good at it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let us know uh, what you would do if it was up to you. If you could do, if you could do such things uh, in the comments, I would do a lot of things just to watch Luis Suarez yeah. in his prime play football again. One hundred percent. 
that that that's kind of where it comes from. The enjoyment of watching Luis Suarez again for the next four years outweighs the greatest player I've ever seen at Anfield. Yeah, I've never enjoyed watching a footballer more than I've enjoyed watching Mm. Luis Suarez. It was disgusting how good he was. Yeah, so all the midfield problems can get to hell basically (laughs) because I get to watch Suarez again for four years. Yeah, my my only other alternative, and it was the one that immediately came to me, the one that made me happiest. Was Robbie Fowler coming back? And I'd be like, and like, bear in mind, this is not Robbie Fat Prime, Robbie Fowler. This was in the tail end of his career, but just for the vibes of just like you've brought, you can't kind of encapsulate just how happy it made us to see Robbie back yeah. at Liverpool in the number eleven shirt, which is weird, and it, you know, and it was just great, and and it was we were willing him to score a goal, willing him. He had like a mad one cleared off the line, like an overhead kick in like his first game back. It might have been against Birmingham or something, and then. And it was like, oh, come on. And then when he fin- finally scored, it was like we'd all literally scored a goal ourselves for Liverpool. It was it was class. And, yeah, just getting him to come back. And I think he ends up getting to the point where he, he ends up as like a one-in-two striker for Liverpool, which is mm-hmm. kind of what he deserved to be. Got his goal tally up a little bit more. Got to wear the number nine share for one more season as well after that. Yeah, good. Is there good a shout? to bring in a pre-injury Virgil van Dijk into this side, yeah. who's fit. Yeah. That was right now, like, with Everton on the horizon as well. Yeah. You know, maybe he gets another goal against Everton. A few years younger. Yeah, there is definitely a shout for that. 100%. And then you could pair him with Virgil in three weeks' time. Yeah. <laughs> Two Virgils. <laughs> or, the, or midfield's half crap, but get past us. <laughs> I mean, that could be the answer. Maybe he could play, maybe he could play DM. <laughs> yeah. Alongside Joel Matip. Are we, in, are we interested in that in any way, shape or form, oh, by the way? Yeah, I'll, I'll listen. I'll listen. I'm a leash. Why not? Fernando No. No. Okay. No, I love Fernando Morientes. Although it's it turned out the, the speed of this yeah, was, the league. speed of this team, Morientes would probably fit in perfectly. <laughs> Absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, quality. We had some. We had a super chatting from Scott Hawks, who was being the most generous man on the face of planet Earth this morning. A uh, fifty dollars super chatting. A disappointing but unsurprising day, and it feels like the ownership is already putting this season behind it in terms of their involvement. It's all in Jurgen's hands, as it always was, but now even more so. Get behind the team we have. YNWA. I love that. Answer. It's mad because like mo- like you'd, you'd assume Scott would have more money than sense, wouldn't you? The amount he super chats, but he doesn't. <laughs> no. His comments are actually sensible as well. <laughs> really good yeah yeah he's a brilliant <laughs> thank you scott what a brilliant and man. he gifted gifted a few subs as he well did indeed. Memberships. yeah he Amazing. did um he's gifted five redman tv memberships as well to uh lucy r sylvie ray callum holmes chase hambly and david smith have all benefited from a scott hawks gifted subscription oh, what a guy he says throwing a bit of cheer around good night oh, enjoy your kit mate thanks so much for joining us um what what i mean what an entrance and exit there <clears throat> Just drops in, drops a happiness grenade, and then gets off. Scott Hawks, let's all be more Scott Hawks. I don't even mean you need to chuck money around, just, just throw some happiness grenades around the place. Um, Ashley Frith, who's been a member for 31 months, has just lost my job, and still the Reds are giving me more pain. Uh, has there ever been a bigger no. drop-off in history than Fab in six months? Love you guys. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, An Elite Six says, Trent, RCM. What position is that called? Sense of mid. Oh, right, right sense of mid. Also, Darwin is sexy AF. What's that mean? Sexy as fuck. Okay, cool. <laughs> Even I need that one. Bears on. repeated. I get loads of messages in my DMs. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that I've sent them. Sexy alpha. Sad. Um, okay, cool. We'll move things on then. Um, 
we have to talk about life being a Liverpool fan right now. Let's call it the agony rant section because let's just get mm. it all out of the way. We can encapsulate some of the Brighton game. That is mad. I was driving home yesterday and I was thinking about the agenda for this. And that Brighton game actually felt like it was about a week ago and it was only a handful, a handful I can guarantee of days. me who didn't who was up at four AM and didn't get back till eleven did not feel like that was a week ago. Yeah. No. Still living it, it. It felt like I could have been jet lagged, to be honest. <laughs> it was like Clevy's potentially gone to Mexico yeah, and had to come all the way back. And my sleep schedules, yeah, no. It's been better, um, has it? Yeah, better days. Why did it fuck your sleep schedule up? Because I got up at four AM early on and I was asleep. And then got back at 11. And obviously, I slept the day away on Monday. It feels like night time, fucked though. you there. It feels like Saturday night, Chloe's fucked you. Saturday night? Yeah. But it's not my, like... I mean, you know, I would suggest not hour. going to bed at 3am when you're up at 4am. It it's not my though, fault, though, that is it? Because, like, you try and you just don't... Sometimes you don't fall asleep. Of yeah. course you don't. I mean, good God, you're asleep by 9pm. Flick a switch, honestly. I mean, this, <laughs> this is very, I guess, off it topic. It pisses your wife off. Oh, it pisses me it. off when you tell no, me. Yeah, it. Oh, people hate it. I'm fully aware. Yeah. For those people that aren't aware, when I go to bed, I literally say, right, that's me, and I just turn the switch off and I'm gone. Gone for the so night. Annoying. Like Isn't how? That annoying? Minutes, I, minutes. I'm, not far, I'm not far off that. I'll, I'll read a bit and fall asleep. I don't really have... Because I, I, I'm always tired. So people who say to me, like, how do, you, how do you nap or how do you sleep in various places? I'm never not tired. So when I have an opportunity to get some sleep, my God, I'm getting that sleep. Come hello, high water. So no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. down with that. I get people get frustrated by it because I'm fully aware <laughs> that people are the opposite. But literally, when I make a decision that I'm done, I'm, I'm done. And it's happening no, quickly. I, I, I feel tired around 8 p.m. And then by the time the football's finished, I like kick off around 10. It's like I've had a second wave and I'm awake again. It's really annoying. But I could never fall asleep at 8 p.m. Is this like the agony round section? Dan's sleep. My sleep. Yeah, we're all having a pissed off with Dan and his, uh, having a, a firm grip on his life. <laughs> um, I, um, yeah, I'm so annoyed. I want to... I'm just so annoyed with everything at the moment, and I, I because I, I, I think it's because how effectively I was able to compartmentalise Sunday that it has felt like it's been ages since that game. It for feels me. like when Liverpool play once a week, it feels like we're having an international break every it week, does, and, yeah, and, and yeah. about about now is when the fan base sort of loses its head. We all lose our heads again, which is again just like a just like a, an international break. Do you know the one thing for me for the Agni run for this for this week? I. I'm really tired of existing in a grey area as a football fan. Yeah. Like, I need to know what's going on at the football club <laughs> yeah. because then you can make proper decisions, yeah. can't you? I think, you know, if if someone would have put their arm around me this week and gone, Chris, we're not going to make any signings in January, but we know Bellingham's done, I would be like, Sad. I can fucking, I yeah. can, I'm annoyed, don't get me wrong, but I'm made up that we're actually going to get you, Bellingham. If, the, if, if, if someone had tell me what is actually happening with the ownership of Liverpool Football Club, it would be great because it's all ifs and buts, it's all guesswork and uh, it's yeah. all, you know, with the, they're looking for investment here, they might be wanting to sell over here and all this type of, I just want to know one way or the other what the truth of the matter is yeah. because then I can make proper decisions based on that and make opinions based on what's happening. That's what's pissing me off and I think it's, on a grander scale, if we all knew what was going on, there wouldn't be so much shit online. We did a, a Redman reacts to the transfer window last night, didn't we, guys? And that was our, that was the kind of point we fell down on, wasn't it, Chloe? Is that there's no trust in anything at the moment because and 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 where there has been 
cast iron trust it's being eroded because of for a variety of reasons so you know for some people there's been no trust in the ownership for ages but by and large i think broadly speaking there has been trust because we've been successful on on the pitch but that's gone there's the change in the sporting director situation means there's no trust that someone's gonna who's got a real grip on the transfers liverpool are crap on the pitch so there's less trust in the manager and the players are before loads of the top players are playing are being crap as well so there's less trust that they're gonna turn it round and it leads to that thing of what we could what we really need is some certainty and the problem is in the absence of certainty the, all the misery and being able and all the kickoffs are loads louder because you've got no counterpoint to them. I can't sit here and say, "Be all right in the summer," because I might be wrong, and that's that's a really hard way to live in because you, you, we put up we put all our faith in so much of our happiness in Liverpool. Yeah, it, it's also the the feeling of this is obviously the consequences of us not being organised for the past couple of years. And when we've been such an organised, you know, business, we've got the deals done dead early. Anyone we've really wanted and sought after, we've got, they've came to us. And you're sensing that, I don't know what's going on in the background, but people want to leave us. They don't want to be working for Liverpool Football Club anymore. And it's a case of what's, what, why does it feel like we're on fire from the inside? Um, so, yeah, it, it's one of them that no one really has any trust in anything. And I I don't think, I mean, I'd love Jude Bellingham and I want to believe all of him is that he really wants to come to Liverpool. But at the end of the day, if Real Madrid said, yeah, you can play in a sunny you know, lovely, nice, sunny place. You've got Champions League football, which Liverpool don't have, and it's Real Madrid. Then why would you want to turn that down? I think if you could promise something or if someone knew, not to blame, but where it's going wrong, I don't know whether, like, I'm just trying to base it off, I think Jürgen Klopp's at fault at some points. I think the owners are obviously not spending enough. There's also the fact that, like, we couldn't have another player because of this homegrown talent. I want to know... How how long ago someone messed up the structure of Liverpool Football Club? Because it we went from being what everyone wanted to be to now the most disorganised, never making any signings because it, for some sort of reason. Barring Everton, of course. Everton, yes. Yeah. But also, it's <laughs> literally, like, literally, kind of, literally yeah. can I just say something? Kind of as well, last it year, yeah. it's like so many different errors. Coming together. Can I just say one thing though? Because we've seen, look, again, the, the increasing noise of kickoffs online, and you look at the biggest offline as well, by the way. But there's a lot, there's too many people, I think, right now, support Liverpool who don't have any Evertonians in their lives, <laughs> and it shows. Yeah. Get some Evertonians in your lives. If you haven't got one, make a friend. You might have to pretend you're not a Liverpool fan to get yourself in that door. Mm-hmm. Get them and get, keep them close because they don't half make you feel better about yeah, your they're own They're like a hot takes, water bottle on a cold night. Yes. yes. Takes the edge off, don't they? Oh, yeah, definitely warm your cock. Oh, just yeah. just yeah. slightly. Because you, know, you can't trust Man United to be that. Because Man United are too big a football club, they always come back, you know. And similarly, like you know, Arsenal, whatever you get your joy, if you're getting your joy from other top football clubs, then it's it's short lived. It's like having joy from your own football club. You've got to find ways to find to, to get as much joy in your life. And if that's Schadenfreude, if that's getting joy from the misery of others, then choose more wisely. We're blessed, blessed to be in a city where half of the population support one of the worst football clubs in the history of football. Um, no, not success wise. Everton are a massive football club, but they are so horrendously run, and it puts you in perspective where Liverpool are at. And that's that's no, I know that's no balm for mo- for some people because Liverpool are the be all and end all. But it does. It's not. It does. It helps. It, helps it does. So much, it yeah. does. It soothes. It soothes uh, the, the fevered brow. Um, 
we're going to talk about Everton's plight. We're going to be talking about uh, Chelsea breaking footy again. We're going to be doing all this. We've got a brand new show, uh, which we're going to be recording after this, which is the Bias Footy Podcast, but more on that later on. Um, anyone else? What else is doing your, doing your heads in? Oh, yeah. I mean, Chloe was really good there on the transparency or lack of um, from behind the scenes at Liverpool, which is obviously really annoying. There's so many things. But for me, it's something I've actually probably never said before, but it's actually Klopp's comments. Post-match. Oh my god! I and nearly put me out through a wall. Really <laughs> when I read that, they actually really, and not often I would ever criticise that man because I adore him. I adore everything he's ever done for Liverpool Football Club. But it feels like we are lacking transparency. And we're lacking that figurehead to come out and say this is all going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. Klopp is in essence doing that. But whilst it's that meme when there's a dog sat at a desk and everyone's on fire around mm-hmm. him, it's like, oh, it's all good. It's quite clearly not. He was sort of it was positive after the weekend that defeat to Brighton because it was better than what we did against Brighton a fortnight ago. But I mean, the, the comments about the fans. The fans yeah. being from Brighton and getting some positivity because we had some shots and a goal. But we've paid like, them Come back on, Jürgen. because they've seen and a you goal. Went, so. Well, believe it or not, lads, I'm pretty sure that's the aim of the game here. I think we need to score goals to was, win games. It's really what we really got to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Even that's, Owen knows that. I, I just don't... I don't yeah, I read that. I think I messaged you and said, is he taking the piss? I really yeah. did. I, I felt like... Every like everyone on that in in the away end on the coach team, we all just looked at our phones collectively and thought, "What is he on?" Surely he's like, is, if he's losing the plot, that's what I'm worried about. Because I read that comment and was so confused by why that had even come out your mouth. He's so good as well at saying the right thing at the right time. Normally speaking, he's so eloquent as well, and his words on. Pretty much any topic, which is why so many media outlets like Sky, Talks, what, etc., use him, and they sort of, sort of bait him into saying things because he's brilliant on every single topic. So it just felt really strange. And when everything around you is collapsing, we talk about the off-field stuff on the pitches and great. And it's funny because we almost reveled in the fact that we didn't spend as much as the others when we were boss. Yeah. We used to be singing that song. Reds have got the money. We enjoyed it. But as soon as on the pitch isn't working as well, it's everything's wrong. Everything's broken. So, which is right, and I get it. But when Jurgen Klopp, who has been sort of the stable man, we, but things are hard. Like when the season we had no centre backs, everything was a problem. But we had Klopp. We seen him emotional a couple of times, which was hard. And then the weekend after that, which was a very slight improvement on what we've seen at Brighton previously, he comes out with those comments. It was like it was Rafa sort of the back end of his tenure, wasn't it? It was just odd. It just felt strange. And listen, I'm not suggesting for one second that he is losing the plot or he is losing any sort of realms of what's right with Liverpool Football Club. But it just felt not the opportune moment to be so falsely positive about yeah, what we'd just seen. I, I, I agree with you. I really do. And I, the only way I can rationalise it is to put myself in his shoes yeah, and sort of think, why is he saying this? And it's got to be... He's putting the arm around the squad. He knows it's a difficult time. That's what I think anyway, because I just can't see any other reason why he do it. It's not for the media and it's not for the fans. So if it's not for the media and it's not yeah, for the right. fans, it's kind of got to be for the players as far as I see it. Mm-hmm. If he's not lost the plot, which I don't think he's lost no. the plot. No, he's not. It's a calculated <laughs> statement, I think. And I do feel like it's, you've got to play for these fans type of thing to the mm. players, put your arm around them and just say like, look, it's a tough time at the moment, but we are improving. And that's something that you as a player can take out of this game. Mm. Not that I agree with it because I thought it was a bit weird as well, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And and also sometimes it is like, you've got to let pe- I think it's, it comes from a statement of you've got to like, you've got to let people know that it's not, it's not maybe as bad or does he, he project it's like projecting confidence to some extent of being like you know like projecting positivity to try and 
arrest the fucking emotional slide that everyone's kind of going through at the moment. There's nothing better than feeling like somebody know, like when someone who should who knows what they're doing comes out and says that everything's everything's kind of yeah. kind of all right. It so was like, just, that's like with Robbo, isn't it? Like you know, he's come out the last few weeks, but like now it's like all right, you're saying the same thing yeah. every week. There's got to be an improvement exactly. at some point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and and again, it, this this is the thing about it about Jürgen is that it goes back to your not knowing thing is that he knows more than us and that's in a wide variety of subjects <laughs> by the way all. Or, almost literally probably almost every yeah. every subject um but he clearly knows more what's going on behind the scenes at Liverpool he's watching the guys in training he's I, got I, they're I, working I on stuff yeah well yeah obviously <laughs> the um and in terms of like, and he's been the one at the at the, the, the cold face of it all. He's he's now the one fronting up the entirety of Liverpool Football Club, and I'm, I'm it means I'm I remain hopeful that it's nowhere near as bad as we fear it all is because. I don't know whether he would be able to. I don't. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who could really keep his feelings totally in check. He's gotten better at that, but he's a very emotional guy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if it was if everything was absolutely on fire, then he would be a little bit more agitated about things than he than he is. The problem he's got is, and I think this is what it's what it's almost like if he could come out and reset the expectations. Some people might not like them, but I'd I'd feel a bit comforted comforted by it. Of going, well, are we? Because we're all we're all posing the analysis Liverpool are in a transitional season it's inescapable that's clearly what we are which has been made loads worse by tons of injuries on, on top of it of course but he's obviously talked about building the next side maybe that needs to be a little bit more of like the we need some t-shirts <laughs> printed up you know what I mean or you know right? it's hard to put glasses on with a cap apparently oh <laughs> for me wow. um, yeah I'd feel a bit more calmed by it but you're right at the moment it's like it's like we could really have done with at the end of the season everyone who was going to move on comes out on Anfield and takes a bow and then goes and we're off you know what I mean? like it's the end of the show and they all and they all clap off into the, and then we could go right they're all gone this is what's happening but because it's all happening happening higgledy piggledy and we're moving mm-hmm. players on and, and and board members and moving blah 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 it feels like it's a, a shit show whereas I'm, you've got to hope that behind the scenes there is a bit more of a a through line. I mean, it's getting better. It's pure naivety. It was just weird for me that, like, I just don't. You you can see, obviously, that Brighton game. He looked absolutely decimated, but you could see in the last several weeks that the fans inside the stadium are supporting. Yeah, the behind you, the Wolves reaction after that. Like Jurgen knows we're with us, like we're with them, and like with the team, we know that we've got. This is the team that's got to get us through it. So you might as well support them instead of bringing them down. Bringing them down inside the stadium isn't going to help them. Yeah. It's just going to add to the panic and the pressure that's going on. And like that away end was decent. The away end was bouncing, and I think we've seen it online on Twitter some of the videos from it. So to turn around and 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 come out with these mad comments, it just the place and the time just wasn't correct. Mm. After you just had an away end that was bouncing, you can see it in like the ninety fifth or whatever the hell it was minute. Um, to a goal where someone's had three touches and being able to put it in the back of the net when there's four of us and one of them's turned the back. Like, it just felt very weird to, to come out and say something. Like, we've paid them back, though, because even though the majority of them work every single day of their lives to just come and support us, you know, we've paid them back because we've gave them a goal. That's not how it works. And it, it just felt like a very unclop thing to say. 
Yeah, a little bit, maybe a little bit tone deaf on that one. I um, oh, you know, also on the on the like what's going on behind the scenes at Liverpool and stuff, right? I don't know whether this is true, so correct me if I'm wrong at the start of this, please. Have Liverpool tried to buy Melwood back off Jamie Carragher for the women's team? For the women's team, does this seem like something a well organised fucking unit would do? Sell something and two years later buy it fucking back? Not particularly. Not really. Like joined up thinking, is it? No, not not when it's essentially a purpose built training facility for football teams yeah. or was mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. with pitches like does that not feel like a really stupid yeah. thing yeah, to have let go if you then considering putting the women's yeah. team into somewhere also though Matthias Nunes Depends what you're buying it back you for. let him go you say don't really want to take a point on him but don't worry we'll pay over the price in a year when we actually want him seems weird also that's another one the thing yesterday about having no contingency plan and like you say Paul there probably is more alignment behind the scenes and we're sort of privy yeah. to but there was reports yesterday about not having a contingency or successor to Julian Ward in place when it happens they're going to let him go and then go and get the successor of sporting director which just seems it doesn't seem normal for me it doesn't seem the way we've done business and that's what's so strange about it. FSG as much as people criticise them and rightly so in some aspects have always sort of had that nailed down if you like but right now for whatever reason it isn't at it all it feels like there's a lot of things that need to happen and we're all focused on the football team because that's what we do that's what we mm-hmm. support but then the more the, the deeper you go it's like oh you know like again what happens if no sale happens in the next 12 months yeah. does somebody step into mike gordon's role does mike gordon come back to that role the talk is that billy hogan and jürgen klopp are going to be picking the sport and director that feels well, a little kind of bit... makes sense. That from what Dan's just said, though, doesn't it? Because I know it feels a bit like you know the, the horse leading the cart. Is that the right phrase? In the, in putting the, the cart before the horse. Putting the cart before the horse. Sorry, yeah. So it feels a bit like that, doesn't it? But ultimately, if you're not picking a, a director of football until it until the summer, then your manager is leading the search for the players, mm. in which case they may as well lead the search for the director of football because you're now not getting a director of football in to lead the search for the players. Well, no. They, well, <laughs> which what, seems a bit mad to well, me. Well, no, like, what they're saying is Julian the Ward is doing the, is, will be doing all of that stuff, all the transfer stuff up until that point, which is probably one of the reasons why they're not because his job is set up until that point mm. is what the is what the is what they're saying. So you don't need to get the director of football in now. But again, it depends. You don't know what the transfer scenario is going to be like. Does does he walk out the door and then something collapses or something opens up later in the window and the, and then we've got a, a real crossover period where we miss out again. Yeah. Uncertainty is the is the name of the game. It's the but it is a bit weird that who and I suppose it speaks to they, they put all their eggs into the Jurgen Klopp basket. You sign the contract and they're just doubling down. So again, it goes back to it doesn't really matter. Maybe that's a kind of our problem with this season, which is doubly frustrating. And might go back to what Jürgen knows more than us is he knows it doesn't really matter how bad we are this season to some extent, which sounds, I'm, I'm, you know, it sounds worse than I'm than I'm than it probably is in reality. What I mean is, is that he's not. No one's losing the job, and they know that they've got it. It'll it, become a point where this season will be unrecoverable. Mm. So, at what point do you change your attentions to next season? Which I know makes me look. It makes me want to be sick in my mouth as well when I hear it because we've got to we've got to live through that. We've got to watch every game. We've got to emotionally throw ourselves on the line for every game. But that's the weird. That that's what that all feels like. It feels very much like steady and calm, or trying to be as steady and calm as possible in in a, in a quite a tumultuous situation. But it's not making me feel any more relaxed about the whole thing because, again, goes back to what I was saying about the trust thing. It all feels very unlike unlike the Liverpool that we've seen so far. It feels like we've finally fallen back into that thing of the manager is now the ultimate figurehead at the football club, and he's kind of been that. But we've had 
Peter Moore had a, a big role at the club at, at, at one point or another. Obviously, Billy Hogan's been in there. Mike Gordon's had a big role. And now it's like very much like it's Jürgen Klopp FC. Mm-hmm. And we build everything else around them, which is... I'm not against because there's no better manager for that. Mm. And we very much are the kind of football club who, who like having that, you know, but that's until we see that work, that's a bit, feels a bit odd. We are. And I'm okay with it. Cause like I've already stated, I absolutely adore you in club. And I think the man's a genius. However, whenever we've done something, successful, win the Premier League, Champions League, whatever it may be. In the aftermath of that, Jürgen Klopp has been at pains to say how much of a team effort it's been from every single person within Melwood as it was previously or Kirby it is now, down to the cleaning staff, etc, etc. So it makes you wonder if some of his key members, obviously Michael Edwards is already gone, Julian Ward's on his way out, and sporting directors and managers need to work really closely together, obviously. So it does make you wonder if all these key figures are going and we're now saying, okay, Jürgen, I know you've been really sort of big on the team ethic and how much you wouldn't have done what you've done if it wasn't for XYZ to then suddenly let so many of them people go. Without, how long were we without a club doctor for at the start of the season? Yeah. That was months on end, yeah. wasn't it? And that just seems so bizarre the way we've been run previously. It just seems a little bit ad hoc and in flux and that's not like us at all. I agree with that, mate, to be honest with you. It's kind of worrying, to be honest, because, you know, as, as everybody sort of touched upon, like Jürgen's a football manager. That's what he's, that's mm-hmm. what he's, that's what he's brilliant at. Um, and it always feels a bit like, uh, I don't want to say that this is what Jürgen's doing, but like if the ship's going down, at some point the captain has to stand up and steady it themselves mm-hmm. and not put trust into yeah. anybody else. And you, you do become a little bit more egotistical in that regard. And if you feel like it's struggling and someone's not doing their job properly, sometimes some people will just go, well, I'm just going to do it. Like, you know what I mean? And that kind of feels what Jürgen's yeah, doing at absolutely. the moment. And you can quite easily spread yourself too thin doing that. Yeah, and they do need to be careful. And that's what this whole thing is just a fucking mess because you have so many things that need to be fixed. And it does feel like another... Well, that's, an, that's another null and void season for Liverpool, but that doesn't change the fact that we're, again, we've got to live in it. It's so annoying. Yeah. There's nothing worse than being in January. We nearly had this last January, if you remember, where, you know, look at the league, look absolutely dead and buried. Mm. And we were in that situation where, well, hang on, we've been a bit inconsistent in the league. What, what do we do? How do you live a Premier League campaign with nothing really to play for? Little did we know, you know, we were going to comfortably cruise top four regardless, but that felt like a nothing thing. At the moment, we can't even guarantee that we're going to win the next game, let alone like probably four or five on a bounce to really get ourselves into some sort of shape to have any ambitions of finishing in the in the top four or whatever. It's a yeah, it it's a it a feels. Uh, uh, feel, the biggest just, thing I'm, for me, sorry to interrupt, mate, is if you if you're if you are putting it all onto next season and stuff, I think that's crazy for a start. From a competitive standpoint, I think that's really difficult to drive into your players anyway. You can't possibly let them know mm. that. You're not going to get 100%. You're not going to get them. And it's not easy to switch it back on when it comes around to next season. But also, something that Emma Sanders said to us years ago, and I think you'll probably remember it, but she said, like, look, it takes a long time to build up an aura around the football club that you the teams are beaten when they take the field and you can lose it like that. You can't just hope that that aura comes back at the start of next season. You need to build that up today yeah. so that next season you, you're not building up speed. You're at full pelt before you go and that you get those points on the board and stuff. It's just very difficult right now and teams don't fear Liverpool. We need to put them in a position where they fear us again before next season if that's the plan. We're in such a weird position, aren't we? Look, let's talk, let's talk the transfer window because obviously no more reinforcements came in. We, we obviously went for Cody Gappo. We... Um, Chloe and Dan spoke about this on Rev and Reacts, which you can check out on, on Plus right now if you want to, but not to tread too much on it, I'll, I'll ask you about this, Chris. It, it's obviously knowing Evertonians helps, but in reality, that's like a ha-ha-ha kind of moment when you see 
Arsenal top of the league, doubling down, strengthening the squad. Chelsea going absolutely bananas, which we'll do a big old chat on on, on the on the bias footy show. Um, there's more to it than just buy it than just going by a midfielder because there's lots more moving parts to how Liverpool are kind of set up and what have you. But again, it goes back to like your knowledge as a football fan. Most people aren't aware of rules like the the homegrown and non-homegrown and your squad quotas and registering players and blah, blah, blah. So everyone's just going, we should have bought more midfield. It feels fucking mad. We've gone from a summer where it was identified that we clearly needed a midfielder. We bought a midfielder on a loan who's been injured ever since. We've got no idea whether he's good enough. That's a situation that we've fucked. Unless he comes back and he's actually quite good, which again, we can't know. He's been out for so long, he'll need three months to get back up to speed anyway. Yeah, exactly. don't know whether up to speed's good enough. Yeah, but that's, it, it, it all feels like a little bit of a mess. It was so, it's been made so clear we needed a midfielder. Chloe was saying this yesterday. We clearly wanted Chumaine, didn't get him. We clearly decided late in the window we needed a midfielder. We went and got Artem in on loan. Here we are, half a season later, having gone through another transfer window and no more has been done to bolster that situation other than promoting Stefan Pachetic to be a, a senior player, which has been great, by the way. Um, in a very general, general sense, it just feels really frustrating. And again, it boils down to this idea of, I don't know who the names are, but I can't see that it's outside the realms of possibility. There must have been someone somewhere. Where go, where's the Red Bull groups, lads, who's got a, a, another ten million pound release clause that we could have had a little sniff around? It's those kind of things. There's got to be fifty players out there that could have improved Liverpool this this window. There just has to be. Like you might not be who you want, and it might eat into that transfer budget. Don't give a shit. To be quite honest with you, you know I look at what Chelsea have done. Um, in terms of the way that they've spread the contracts out and they're using that loophole, use the fucking loophole while it exists. Mm. You know what I mean? If it's there now and it's not going to be there in the summer, now's the only time you get to use that loophole. So go and do it. Yeah. I mean, I've got a, I, I, there's a bigger opinion on that. I think that loophole is, I think Chelsea are fucking stupid. They are the biggest fucking stupid. It can go one of two ways, yeah, can't yeah, it? Yeah. That's the, ultimately, yeah. it can look like absolutely incredible business and it can look like absolutely terrible business if you end up with 40 players who are on a ridiculous amount of money. But I'm not asking for 40 players. I'm yeah. asking for one player. Yeah. And one player makes a big difference to this Liverpool squad right now. And so you could have used that loophole and spread the cost over the next few years instead of, look, um, Mudrick, for example, is what ten million pound a year they're spending on that. You're telling me that affects Bellingham, does it? No. Ten million? I'm not sure it does. Mm. To be to be quite honest yep. with you, you know. So why couldn't you use the loophole? Yeah. Why didn't they use the loophole while it's there? Yeah. Yeah. No, for no. someone who wants to be one of the smartest operators in world football, to see mm. somebody else do it again and again and again and again and not utilize it while you can, that seems a little bit silly to me. Yeah. Again, it's that it boils down to it. What Liverpool needed to buy was an under twenty-one. If you you either buy a homegrown player mm-hmm. or someone under the age of twenty-one. I don't know. Again, I don't know what that pool of players looks like. I don't know who those players are. No. But again, and again, it's this is why I feel a bit stupid to often saying these things because. I haven't got the I haven't got the answer. And there'll be people in the comments. And you'll probably know. I'll create a much wider pool of knowledge when it comes to to football players globally. Um, we had this we had the argument about Casado a, a few few weeks ago. He would have been a solution to that because he's under twenty one. We probably wouldn't have been able to register for the Champions League, which is another thing. But he was his price the issue. Yeah, has to have been. 
because we talk about eating, sorry, we talk about eating into the Bellingham money. That sort of money then does eat into, eat into what you want to do with Bellingham. For me, you want to be sort of probably half of what they want to say say they were sort of 40, 35, 45 million pound footballer. And like Chris alludes to, that improves our squad. That improves what we want to do now. Because I don't think we're asking for go and get Bellingham, go and get Enzo Fernandez even. Go and get a very good Premier League level footballer who we can just add into the the mix of rotation, which gives Fabinho more rest, Henderson more rest, Thiago probably most importantly more rest. Naby Keita a chance to not start every single game, which we know exclusively he can't do. So I think there was definitely options there. You're right about the homegrown stuff and the quotas and the registration, but you can always bend and flex around that. I'm pretty sure Adrian's still registered. So you could deal with that situation right there. So it's a difficult one for me, but there had to be options in this window and we haven't gone and done it. And it just, it feels like an oversight. And to come back to what we were saying before about sort of saying, okay, we're just going to wait till the summer. That's what we've done. We've just said, we're going to write this season off. What will be, will be for the rest of the season. Now, Jurgen Klopp, you're a miracle worker. You might do something magic again, but it's over to you now, mate, on your own. That's what you've got. We went into the Champions League final having doubts over Thiago's fitness and Naby fitness and stuff, didn't we? And then all summer long, everybody knew we needed a midfielder and we we were told we didn't need a midfielder, we didn't need a midfielder, and then we signed a midfielder that we can't play. So that back in the summer, we identified that we were a midfielder shy. Mm, Yeah. And we've we've not added any midfielders. Well, we have. We added Artemelo, who's subsequently injured. Since Artemelo, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We added that midfielder. Yeah. He didn't play. He hasn't played six minutes. So yeah. we, we're in net zero oh, yeah, in yeah. terms of midfielders, Paul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. we identified a problem, signed the midfielder to fix it on a fucking loan who hasn't played. Therefore, we haven't really added anybody. He, therefore, we're well, in the same boat we were in, in the summer. All he's it's done, as as all Melo's done is exacerbate the existing problem. Though, yeah. Is that he's another lad who we're paying for, who we can't get rid of who's stuck at the football club eating up a space. Yep. And you know what I mean? It's like, you know, he's, 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 he's your fat litter analogy because he's bought another fucking, another useless cushion for the couch. You know, it's going to look great from a distance. Wow, look at all them, look at all them cushions. Doesn't, all that, doesn't that look pretty? But in reality, you can't actually use any of them. It doesn't make you, it doesn't ease your, ease your comfort. In it. They're all getting lashed off to the side. Yeah, it's because you spend fucking £3,000 on sofas and you put £15 cushions on them. Yeah. That's what the fucking point yeah, is Yeah, that? and that's what we're doing. That's what Liverpool have got. They've got a ton of £15 cushions. Um, Jeez. Yeah, I know. It's it arse looked like a £15 cushion as well. <laughs> <laughs> it came like a size of that. Like, you can tell you haven't played footy for a little bit. Stone cushions. Yeah, but yeah, just... Uh, it's funny because everyone's kind of looking at Chelsea now. We're going to talk about it later about breaking football and what they've done has been a little bit mental. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. Let's scatter gun. Yo, you want him? We're going to sign him instead. Just looking at what other people are doing. But on the flip side of that, a lot of people and probably rightfully so would say that what we've done, our inaction, has also been a little bit mental. Like us not doing anything and not addressing this issue that we're all very well versed on that we've got seems crazy to me. And to well, not it, act is mad. It's just reaping what we we sow, isn't it? Of like not being able to move players on in, in in the years gone by. We're left with a bunch of footballers whose contracts are running down, who've got no resale value anymore. And and now now this is where we're at. Liverpool need to go and go above and beyond. They need to go up above they need to break the net spend thing. You need to spend beyond your means a little bit to kind of get us back to where where we were because you can't trust it. You can't trust it anymore. Mane should have been the the biggest alarm bell going over that. And and I know there's probably a little bit of like, look, we'll shake hands with Bayern Munich, you know, ha ha ha. They just turned up to negotiations with a picture of Thiago and went, come on then. And we went, all right, yeah, fair, yeah, fair, fair play. But that was a 
70 80 90 million pound footballer you know and we 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 allow we allowed that situation to, to develop because we were too cautious mm-hmm. a similar situation with the divakarigi stuff and i know ultimately a lot of this comes down to someone's got to want to buy these players at some point in the past and i think that's what's fucked us more than anything wow. is that if only someone had just come and offered some decent money for oxlade chamberlain or navigator in the summer we might have been in a different boat but Again, it goes back to Jürgen's point, and I can only go off what he says in this because I can be. I'm still, not that I'm not not angry about it, but when he says we've got all these midfielders, he doesn't necessarily. I don't think he means we've. In reality, I don't think he means we've got ten fucking world class midfielders. He's just saying there's only so many midfielders I can own at a football club at any given time, and that's not his job to get to get rid of them. Someone someone else has made the mistake of not sorting that situation out. And I mentioned this on Reacts. Oxide Chamberlain choosing not to move last January. That's on Oxide Chamberlain. He stuck it out now. Naby Keita's not signing a new contract, and I don't know who who in the right mind would have paid money for an injured Naby Keita in the in the summer. Um, but it just leads to ultimate frustration because oh, Batters and you said this yesterday, Chloe. Well, fuck him off. Just deregister someone. I don't give a shit. And like that's where we're at. You're asking we're asking Jurgen Klopp to fucking compromise his personal morals on how he deals with footballers in order to save a Liverpool season, which is just speaks to how everything's just a bit If fucked. someone's going in the summer anyway, I'm really not asked. I'm not asked at this point. If you've played what how many starters Navi Cater made where he's played like ninety minutes? It was it like was nineteen, it might yeah. be twenty now. But he started like three games on the bounce, yeah. but at this point I mean he'll still be useful for us in, in the Champions League. I mean he's in our face is it He's a first-choice midfielder for Yes, us at, the at the moment. But there's just so many players in our squad who we've just kept them there far too long. And whether it's because no one was interested in them or not, you don't give them another contract then and, and say, no, we'll protect your value. You just let them go. If they're not in your plans, just let them go. Cut ties because eventually what it has caused is this build-up of players where we now can't sign anyone because of that. But guess what? I'd be surprised if we didn't have a single midfielder and Ox was picked in the midfield. He'd pick someone we'd never heard of. He'd pick a fan out of the crowd before he picked Oxley Chamberlain's playing this midfield at, the point, at this moment. He doesn't like him. I just don't think he does. And especially not in midfield there is sometimes you've just got to be ruthless and I think other clubs have that about them and I don't think we do and when push comes to shove there are just some times where you're stuck between a pillar and a wall and you've got to say right well I've just got to do this and yet I absolutely loved you and you know I'd, I don't want to go off on bad terms or anything but for the better of the club, for the better of what happens this season, for the fact that we could have a chance of doing something instead of it just being another season where we've won nothing, then you've got you've got to be ruthless. I suppose there's a good a good example of this is what how Arsenal managed to turn the ship around was in that it was just like it was basically just throwing players out. Mm-hmm. You know, it was taking a bath on some footballers and going right. Anything we can do to get that, we'll pay the wages. We'll pay whatever. Just get them off, and it looks stupid at the time. But they, you have to take extreme measures sometimes in extreme situations. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe the, the I don't get whether it's a, a weakness or it's it's a in a very broad sense. It's it's one of Jurgen Klopp's biggest strengths, and it's helped get us where we are: squad unity, squad harmony, getting the best out of the sum of you know more than the sum of your parts. But yeah, maybe this is that example of that where the you know we mentioned it on the, again on React where Mesutzel sits there unregistered for half a season until they finally can, until they can finally shift them. 
and I don't know exactly how Liverpool could have worked that because Naby Keita is the example. It would be imagine if we deregistered Naby Keita and now we were stuck with him and we and he'd not been able to play can in I, the last few games. Can I said, I, or Adrian, you tell Adrian that he's not registered anymore. What does that do to the to, to the goalkeeper situation can, and the harmony around all that? I don't know. I would just like to put ourselves back into the summer. I think to do what you say, and I agree, there are times and a place where you have to do that type of thing, but you can't tell me that Jürgen Klopp, after just going for a run of a quadruple, would ever in a million years think that was the time to do it, that we were that fucked that that was the time to fuck the midfielders off, because you can't possibly think like that after the season we had last year. You might think, oh, it's going to be, it might be a little bit harder this year, Mm. but you can't possibly envision what's happened to us. Not when you've just gone to the Champions League final, nearly won the league, missed out by a point and won the both cups. You just can't. You're not like fucking Nostradamus. You know yeah. what I mean? You just and loads there's of no people, way we, we would think I've got that. to fuck Alex Oxley Chamberlain and Abby Kate off because 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 we just nearly won four trophies. Yeah, what I'm right. I, but what I'm saying now is you come to the part where now we've still got a registered register Gakpo and these kind of players for the Champions League. Well, Curtis Jones, you've been You've you've hardly played for us at all this season, and when you have, you haven't had. I can't bet on you to have a string of games so you can come into form. Therefore, I'm gonna have to choose this player. Yeah, but you've got this, just. I, I don't need to say. has to be registered because he's a genuine yes, homegrown footballer. Yes, I totally get it. But what I'm saying is, these are. <clears throat> I'm not saying that you just turn around to Ox and say you're done, you're out. But when he has to get in that position, he wasn't in the position back then, but there are reasons like now where when Brighton might have had interest, okay, lad, you we need you to go on a loan and then you can go to them. Loan alpha and you can, you know, you're on a free anyway, so if they don't like you, someone else will have you. Yeah. But have yeah. a, ha, try and fit into their system, try and have a go then, <laughs> and we'll give you a loan. And what that means is potentially we can bring someone else in who can play for us, who can hit the ground running, even if it is only a loan ourselves. When we were never in that position where we have to be ruthless, but I think we have at times because there have been times where we probably could have sold Ox and the, we probably could have sold Navigator because now everyone's like, he, we're looking at it now and Navigator starts, yeah. But several seasons ago, even several weeks ago when he was still injured, people people are just getting bored of it happening. And what I'm saying is, is at times you need to cut ties with players, and you can still do that in a respectful way if you do it at the right time, but if you're keeping hold of players far too long and then this clog happens, that's when the problem is. Yeah. I agree with you. I just no. don't know when that time would have been. Exactly, and that's that's the point. That's all I'm saying. I think, I, I, again, I totally agree on that. And I, But that's where circumstances, circumstances get used, get called excuses or get labelled negatively when everyone's in a bad mood over it. Said this, the time to sell Naby Keita, you had your last chance to sell Keita and Ox was in the summer mm. and they were both injured all summer. They both got injured. Naby Keita missed the start of the season. So you, you you were fucked both ways. You couldn't sell them and you couldn't play them. So we were left with two lads who were absolute dead weight on the books. That's why they're not registered in the Champions League. And even worse, it goes back to how Liverpool have just been so fucking st- stupid, if you're really angry, really unlucky when you look at it from the other perspective. Both of them became available back to fitness before the Champions League finished and we and couldn't use them in, and we couldn't use them in the Champions League. Yeah. That was it turned out we didn't need them. We did really well in the Champions League group stages. But how much of that a knock on impact did that have? Could we have could we have used them for the last game and put a couple more minutes back in the legs and then solved in, uh, some injury Pop issues? Was that have been about that. He was, yeah. Yeah. And that, 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 that for me stemmed back to not having a doctor. 
Maybe. We didn't have a doctor at the time. We didn't have somebody overseeing that department saying, oh, do you know what? Them two lads, there's a good chance they'll be back by the time the Champions League kicks in. So mm-hmm. that that is another sort of case in point. Kind of sorry, not Danny, I just right. want to I've done this, sorry. This Because I know what this, what this all sounds like. We're complaining about all these little bits and pieces and I know there'll be people watching or listening going, it's FSG. Hmm. The problem is, it's not. FSG don't handle the day-to-day run. It's 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 Billy Hogan and it's, and it's Jürgen and it's... Julian Ward and it's my goal. It's the people who work within the football club. There's a, there's a cacophony of mistakes that have been yeah. made in across all departments that have and and in addition to then the, the Liverpool's transfer policy throughout COVID and blah 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 blah. All of this has led us to here. Mm-hmm. Not one moment has led us it's here, and, and it's led to a situation where we're talking about in January. Well, we need to fuck players off. Well, who do, there's no one to there's no one to fuck off. You know, there's. Because we, but yeah, we're, 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 and this is where Jürgen's trying to just put the positive, the positive spin on stuff is because he is a realist and he's a pragmatist and he he's not the kind of guy who cries about what he has and hasn't got. He looks at what he has got and tries to make it work, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, and then that's where we, again we're back to the trust thing. We've got to trust him to get it right, but we're trying stuff and we're not getting it right. We really needed that win at the weekend. Yeah, really fucking needed. I needed a replay. We needed another game of football just to. Just to go again, just to try and make things work, just to buy a bit of time waiting for the fucking injured lads to come to mm-hmm. come back. But we're now left in a situation where we're looking at the Champions League, it's all or nothing on on a fucking dub, a two-legged tie against the European champions who have spent and re, 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 replaced their midfield with with top stars and, and been ruthless with sitting there. And he's beaten us at our best. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they've a got too times. many yeah. who... So much of it, I know we've already mentioned his name, but you on your point, Chris, a minute ago about the time in the summer, Jurgen Klopp, quite, we quite clearly noticed we need another midfielder. And you're right, nobody could have foreseen what had happened to so many of them. And I think Fabinho is probably the biggest point. Nobody could have predicted his drop-off. It's been absolutely monumental. It's come from nowhere. He was brilliant last season. A couple of games here and there, you might point to and say, oh, I don't know about that. But generally, he was superb. So for him to go for that to this, that's probably our biggest issue. But on top of that, although you're right, you wouldn't have got rid of Ox because of what we've just done. You wouldn't have got rid of Cater. But clearly somebody had identified we needed one and we didn't go and get one. And on top of that, Fabinho's fell off a cliff. Well, we filled that squad space with Artemelo. Exactly. Is what we chose to do. And we chose to do it on a a loan deal that couldn't be cancelled. So we can't send them. So we couldn't send them back. So if that with that, that's you know, all loan deals now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But it's that's you could have done a, a, a yeah. I don't know the full rules. And I know Inter I Premier League, it's got to be a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if if, it, if international ones they can be short or whatever. I don't know. But yeah. By the way, I'm not saying at any point in January should we have cut ties with players. What I'm saying is though, when you hold on to play, so Divokarigi, for example, we let him run his contract down, which was Sam. I love Divokarigi, but you we're then stuck between a okay, well he doesn't want to sign another contract with us now. So do we sell him and maybe get some money and you know, do we need him for that extra year? And I love Divock Origi. I was happy, you know, the Wolves last minute winner mm-hmm. that he scored, the big moments he had, Everton, where he, he obviously scores the other. Like, in theory, we were right to keep Divock Origi, but at some point, when you when you look at these players that are fringe players to Jürgen Klopp, Divock Origi was never starting week in, week I out. Think... He was coming in for different games. That's when you've got to make your decision of, okay, do I sell him a year earlier and get 20 mil for him? Do I let him run his contract out because he doesn't yeah. want to sign another one because he wants first-team minutes? And he goes for the free and goes off somewhere. And then we have to spend money to go and replenish that player yeah. back. That's, that's where we've slightly got it wrong. And that's what I'm 
mean by the clogger players because sometimes we've said, you know, we'll extend your contract because actually, Nat Phillips, for example, you're worth you're worth about 15 million. You can play for another Premier League club. But there's another player to add to the box. And when it's not homegrown, which Nat Phillips is, that's when it's a problem. Yeah, the Divock Origi stuff, and it, we did this with Genie as well. And I, I, I think the quadruple fucked us in more ways than we could ever really have realised at the time. At some point, the decision's made. And I wonder whether... In hindsight, you might be right. You sell Divock Origi, but mm. if you sell Origi and Taki Minamino, for example, earlier on, you don't have, you can't you can't go for a quadruple because they were both integral parts of that quadruple chase, and that's what happened last season. I think we put everything into immortality, and and didn't we we stopped thinking about the next season because we had no choice but to put all our energies into this. There's a chance for us to do something no other team's ever done. This is the pinnacle. This is the, everything this team's done. You know, it could, we could have had doubles along the way. We could have been picking up leagues and Champions Leagues. And right now we're on this run to win and everything. And they've everyone at that club bought in, put the foot to the floor, and we and we we chose clearly that it was there was more value in keeping Divock Origi for the full length of the season as one example of this than the 10 million quid we were going to get. He was worth mm. that amount of money yeah. to us to keep him at the football club for that time. And the same goes for a couple of other a couple of other lads. Again, the Mane, the Mane situation, yeah. you'd have cashed in on Mane a year earlier if you knew, if, if you'd been a bit, bit smarter on that. But imagine if we'd not had Sadio Mane last year. Imagine if we brought in, let's say we brought Gakpo in a year earlier and he'd not hit the ground running. Mane absolutely dragged us through the back end of, of last season. And that's, again, we can lament all the things that have done in the past, but we took our shot and we're living in we're living in the aftermath not, of, of the biggest shot Liverpool have ever, any club's ever taken. I'm not saying these individuals... So, Divock Origi, I'm just using them as, as him as an example in terms of fringe players. So, we all aren't surprised that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's not on the first choice. We're not surprised that he's had some really horrific injuries. At some point, you have to realise at that moment. And these, I'm just using players. I'm not actually using specifically Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I would have sold him. I would have mm-hmm. sold him. No, I'm using them as examples of fringe players who come in for the odd game here and there. Or if there's really catastrophic injuries like we have had up top, then Ox comes in and plays left wing. That's where over the last couple of years we've probably not been as as on top of it. Where okay, well, he's not in Jurgen's favourite. You know, we can we can bring a Takumi Minamino in for seven mil if we can get twenty five mil out of him and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Do you think the problem? No, with that- I think Chloe's Chloe's right there, but also like there's a lot to be said for the players knowing what they're doing when they get into the side because mm. it's all well and good, but like. If the money wasn't there to replace Jordan Anderson or Thiago or Fabinho, there was no need to replace Jordan Anderson, yeah. Thiago yeah. or Fabinho. You're buying a fringe player. Now, a fringe player that takes time and needs games to understand the system, when they're not getting games to understand the system, you may as well keep the player that knows the system. Like You know what I mean? So there's there's the flip side to both of these things. My point would be, in agreement, is Liverpool. if Liverpool's model is sell to buy, they have to sell. Yeah. yeah, for for good money, we've stopped selling for good money, which is which has hampered our ability to buy for good money. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest issue, yeah. not the not the fringe players. Yeah, it's actually we need to get rid of the the uh, and Nat Phillips is a fringe player, but like when we got the chance to sell him for fifteen after we finished top four, that was your sh- shooting mm-hmm. shot then. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? That that was it. He's never going to be worth more. That was peak. That was Phillips. peak. Nat Phillips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you probably could have got somebody in who could have replaced him for less and money. There's than a that. slight problem with, with our youth recruitment in that regard. Of why 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 is Nat Phillips at 25 years old still hanging around the squad like he's like he's 20? Yeah. You know yeah. you know who who is the young lad who's meant to, uh, Billy Cometti has not stepped up. Obviously Reese is still kicking around yeah. to cancel his loan. Yeah, a little run on Seb Vandenberg yeah. and all and those types of players. Yeah, he's, out, he's injured now anyway. Mm. But he broke his ankle, didn't he? But yeah. the the what you're saying, and it's and I totally agree with this, by the way. So I, I and I think Liverpool are in this mindset as well. Don't buy fringe players. Never ever buy a fringe player because if you buy fringe players, at some point they're going to end up. You, they're going to end up. You, you're going to need them. What you're meant to do is you buy better. Yeah. You buy better than you first team. becomes a fringe player. Exactly. Yes. And that's how we became, we got ourselves to the top. But we've not, I don't think we've handled being at the top very well. I don't think we've, we've, we've quite figured how to take that next step. And we might have done, but a lot of the lads we've brought in have been injury prone themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we might have done it with the front three. Like if Jogo Jota's been fit all season, you know, yeah. this might be half half as big a problem as we feel it is right now. If he's got 20 goals at this point of the campaign, then we might be absolutely fucking laughing. Same goes with Diaz. Canate's yeah. had his injury problems, injured again. You know, that the, the, we've, we've tried it. The midfields, we had all the, all the focus on. And a lot of people go, well, we should have bought Sander Berge or we should have bought, you know, Jorginho was a 31 was moving for, for less than 20 million pounds. It's like, you, there's a lot of there's a, a lot of this feels like us doing a lot of the same shit that we're doing already by buying injury prone footballers mm. but if you start buying lads who aren't of the quality what's the point your point is, is that what's the point you've got lads who aren't of the quality already but at least they, they know the squad and you know they fit and they mesh well with the people off the pitch there's lots of unseen benefits to that mm. um, Liverpool are not wrong in only wanting to target brilliant footballers but we brilliant footballers don't always mean a hundred million pound footballers. Yes. We can target brilliant footballers who are there must be value for money. And I, 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 I entirely get that. I think what that boils down to for me is you have to cut your cloth accordingly. And Chris is right in the point, and you're both right in the point is you've got these fringe players who know the system, they know how we play, and when they are fit and available, they can go in there and do a job for us. We've seen it with Navigator, we've seen it with Ox. They are capable of doing that. However, when Jurgen Klopp sat in a press conference, I remember it vividly in the summer before this season really kicked into gear, he named the midfielders because people then were asking the questions about, are you, you going to go and strengthen the midfield? He said, I've got this type of player, this type of player. This. But then when you sort of dig a little bit deeper behind those names, you go, yeah, but he's only available 40, yeah. 50% of the time. And that's still the case now. That's why, for me, you are right, Paul, in terms of you want a certain level of quality to come in. However, if you add a level of quality, not maybe the level, and he's not better than Henderson on his best day, for instance, but he's available a hell of a lot. And also, I think one thing we're missing here, you mentioned Louis Diaz. It was, we were doing it from a position of massive strength. Our season was already going well, and then we added Diaz to the pot, and it was like, watch him go. Maybe there's a little bit in this whereby if we'd have just added a fresh face, it might give us that little bit of impetus. It might cheer Klopp up, the fans up, the squad. We are. going to see Artemelo. I mean, Gap- January. Gapo, yeah, maybe we had, but the midfield is the issue, is my point. I agree. We've already got yeah. five forwards. Like, the attacking line well, in We truth, haven't, though, have we? Imagine, can I just again. say, Gapo's not exactly set the world alight. No. But I can I can appreciate why we've bought Gappo. Yeah. Because imagine can you what would our front three have been for the last three games yeah, if Gappo yeah. hadn't been there? I really like him and I think he will be a good player. And you you're absolutely right. However, the whole world, yeah. Liverpool world and beyond, 
thinks we need a midfielder. Agreed. So why do we not add the midfielder? Yeah. Just yeah. for the even the rest of the midfield lads might have gone and he's allowed to help us out a bit. And this is where we're, we're never going to know the answer. I know. This is where it comes so... back to my agony rant of just understanding the plan would yeah. probably help people. Mad, if yeah. there is indeed a plan. If there's no plan, great, I'm fucking burning the world down. Because <laughs> this is stupid, by <laughs> the way, the fact know. that Liverpool haven't yeah. signed the midfielder. No, it's, it's fucking crazy. Not but also, on the, on the midfielder point, who's buying Naby Keita and Ox when they're injured? Yeah. No, no, I get it. No, no. How much was... Wijnaldum. Was 20, he about 20 odd, I thought, Exactly. Yeah. So this is what I mean. So if you sold Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, and I know you're going to turn around and say he doesn't get all the game time. You no, can't no, no, no. He's going to relegate to Newcastle. He's going to buy No, no, finish your point. Go on, go finish on. your point. But my point being is you can still get a really decent leveled football footballer for the price of 30, 40 mil. You don't have to go and spend 75 mil. And this is my my thing. We wanted Tushimeni. He didn't pick us. That's fine. You should when you're competing with Real Madrid, Barcelona, you should know that yeah. you don't you're not always first choice. You're not yeah. always going to be first choice no matter how good you are because it's them. And this is my problem. You need to have a backup option in case that does happen. And the backup option doesn't need to be a Jude Bellingham instead of two Shimani because they're the two players we wanted. And that's what I mean. If you sold and I totally get your point. And I'm going back to Ox again just because he's a fringe player, not because I feel like we could get loads of money out of him and because people would want to buy him. But if you could sell him a little bit earlier, if you knew we weren't going to be in your plans and you got more money for him, well, it's only going to cost me 10 more million to go out and buy a 40 mil player yeah, yeah, and yeah. bring him in. And that's, that's, and that's, the that's what Liverpool have been brilliant at doing. Yeah. And as I said, we said this before, the fucking that market evaporated for two seasons. Yeah. That the, yeah. the, the, the 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 championship to low end Premier League clubs who could who had silly money to spend on on players coming from top from top sides, you know, the Bournemouth to this world, who we've rinsed time and time and time again. Sheffield United, you know, for Ryan Brewster, that market evaporated. And that that undercut what we were doing, so we had to keep lads around. And just I know it's not your, it wasn't your big point, but I've seen a lot of people talking about this when they go, we got Genie Van Alden on the cheap, we got Andy Robertson on the cheap. They were coming in and upgrading on rubbish at the time. You know, it actually wasn't a huge step up to get you know G, you know to bring Genie Van Alden, and that was a bit of a mad move by the way at the time. If we remember, we was a winger from Newcastle and played him centre mid, yeah. and it was yeah. crazy. And then we ended up crying that he wasn't playing as a ten like he does for Holland <laughs> by the end of it. But Andy Robertson was upgrading on James Milner and Alberto Moreno, and Genie Van Alden was upgrading on what Emery Chan. Probably mm. that, you know they're 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 about to that time that they get another season out of him, but mm. that 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 it's much easier. It was much easier for Liverpool to buy and players because the the margin for error was much wider five years ago than it is now. And that's not to say I don't think we should be doing that because I totally agree on the point. Mm. But I just mean on a wider point, I think it becomes it's become a central argument of like look at all this great value we used to get. We still do get some decent bits of value. I mean, we've currently got a, a lad who we bought for half a million pound playing as our DM. You know, that never gets factored in when we talk about Liverpool doing some smart business. Harvey Elliott, I know people go up and down on him, but less than £10 million we paid pay for him in this, in, in this period as well. We do it, we could just, I, I think we're all in agreement. We need a bit of, we do need some smarter business in that middle tier of like 10 to sort of £30 million footballers. Definitely. But we are, we, we are, where ultimately, we are. what we all want really is I think when I rationalise Liverpool's transfer window, for anybody who's watching this, right, and, and why haven't you mentioned FSG, I rationalise it within the confines of what Jürgen can do with the football club. Mm -hmm. That's how I rationalise it. So, all this, and you might be screaming at your laptop, 
we just need to spend more money. Yeah, that's great. We do. And I agree with that. I'd love owners that spend a lot more fucking money. And hopefully we sh- we do get owners that run the club the right way and spend loads more fucking money. That's the best case scenario for me as a football fan of this great club. But we're not there yet. And I'm rationalising decisions that were made in the summer based on what was available to us. So I can't see how anyone comes in for an injured Naby Cater and an injured Oxley Chamberlain and gives us the money to spend 40, 50 million quid. But if we had two Shemaini money, I cannot understand why we didn't spend it yeah. for this yeah, season. Exactly. Yeah. I can't understand why we didn't spend no. that. Is it because we went and spent it on Darwin Nunes? Is that, is, it's possible. Is that correct? It's, no, I don't, I, maybe. I mean, there's, there's talk that that's not, I've heard, I've heard it said that that's not the case, no. but we clearly paid over the odds for him because, and I think Real Madrid did the same with Germany. That's what they, they, Mbappe was coming, he was coming, he was coming, and then he's not, and they're like, fuck, well, we need to go and buy someone, and they went and blew Liverpool out the water for, for Germany to make sure, because you've got to go and get your other, one of your other top targets. And so we did that. You know, we couldn't get Germany, so we did the reverse. We went and got the forwards. Couldn't get Ailing Haaland, so you're going to go get the next best. So we've ended up paying. I think everyone would be a lot calmer with Darwin if we'd actually paid his market value, which was probably closer to fifty than it was to eighty. If we're being if we're being honest about it, and maybe even less than that, to be to be to be perfectly frank. But we've had to we had to push the button and pay above and beyond. Nobody sits there and goes, no one ever factors that in. That he was never worth that amount yeah. of money. It was, mm-hmm. but he was worth that to us because we needed to go and get it, get it done. If someone, t- and again goes back to the point earlier, the grey area. If someone could tell me right now today that the reason we didn't sign the midfielder is because we know Champions League football or not, Jude Bellingham is coming yeah. in in yeah. the summer. I can totally understand why they've saved money on Gakpo now rather than later, mm-hmm. because the money ain't going to be any more or less expensive than what the Bellingham is. You're mm-hmm. not going to, and you know that you could spend thirty million pound on a player. But we spent that thirty million pound instead of on the midfielder. We spent it on a guy we think might be eighty to ninety million pound in a year's time when he's banged forty goals in yeah. for PSV or whatever it is. So I can rationalise that. But this is the problem. It's all if buts and yeah. maybe's and guesswork. If we sign Bellingham in the summer, I'll forget this transfer window ever happened. Then I'll be made up. The only and problem with it is that if we're we if, we, if we're outside <laughs> yeah. of Europe, if we're, yeah. But if we're at well, we need we do we need two or three. If we're yeah. outside of Europe, that will sting because it will will forever have that. And we had this with the COVID seasons. Like we managed to finish four with no centre halves. But if we just bought a centre half in the in the summer, would that have stopped that? Would we have ta- would we have chat title? Chat? We were the champions. You know, could we could we have sustained? We were top of the league at Christmas that season. Okay, it was skewed because the season started later. But you know, well, it's again, it's like if we we saw Coutinho, if we'd actually replaced Coutinho in that January, would we have had the one extra player when we got to the Champions League final yeah. when Mo Salah gets injured instead of bringing Lallana on in the front yeah. three? But again, and again, it goes down to it's frustrating, and maybe I, I get that's why people spill over and people are absolutely frothing at the mouth over the ownership and maybe that and maybe you know we talk ourselves into it the more we talk about it but um yeah that's it for me like you it's just the reality of where we're at you can kind of get really angry about it or you can kind of you can rationalize it for for what it is i guess you but you're right hopefully there's you've got to trust that there's a plan in place yeah. because the, the hopefully it's is... Nunes and hopefully it's Bellingham and, mm-hmm. and next season we win the league because we've not got Champions League football and all will be forgiven yeah, for me exactly. excuse me I'd like to win the Champions League and have Champions League football I want to win it this you. season as well yeah. I just don't think we're good enough <laughs> um, so a couple of comments uh, Asim Bermuda said is that yellow piece on your tactics board our new midfielder 
it is not. Um, <laughs> Sadly. But at this point, uh, anything, anything it's the would problem do position. a job. It's the problem position. Great comment it? from uh, Tom Senior V1 saying, sell Salah, buy Chiesa. Are you all high? Lots of love for Chiesa in the comments. Who uh, can... Uh, and this is another thing that makes me laugh. Get Kayser, get Kayser. He's literally just been out for 12 ACL. months with a cruciate yeah, knee that. injury. He's come back, he's barely scored a goal since he's returned, returned to us. He's clearly a talent, but if he didn't get rid of Mo Salah, who is like... I mean, don't, don't say Don't say it, Paul, please. He's an incredible don't. physical specimen. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, just in case, though, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Let's buy, buy more Mo Salas is what we want to want to be doing. Uh, right, very brief break from us. We'll be talking a little bit ahead to Wolves in the few moments we have left on this podcast uh, when we return. My Liverpool debut, a new series, exploring where it all began for a number of Anfield favourites. We had that belief and nothing was going to get in our way, nothing was going to stop us. I was just fortunate to get my chance. I'm about to wear the red strip for the first time and play with all the wonderful talent that I was in awe of. And the travelling Liverpool fans started singing my name. You can imagine how special that felt. Football saved my life. It was amazing to be part of, of that lineup with that calibre of players. I knew I deserved to be there. I knew I deserved that chance. I knew I was ready. I'm Jamie Carragher. I'm Phil Thompson. I'm Martin Kelly. I'm Jim Beglin. I'm Neil Meller. My name is Bruce David Grobola. And this is my Liverpool debut. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Big shout out to Al in the comments who says FSF out. Um, probably type that one again, mate. You'll be Is fine. That the Football Supporters Federation. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. How rude. They have a lot of good things. 
Outstanding stuff. Um, right, yeah, cool. Wolves again. Um, we've got a great record against Wolves, Dan. So let's hope that 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 kind of continues. Is it? Is it? Sorry, Dan. Go does, on. does everyone? Is everyone looking at the plus fixtures and what would be guaranteed three points is a real struggle now when you're doing it the maths yeah. in your head? Not half. Yeah, especially when it's Wolves and Brighton back to back for the last two and a half <laughs> yeah. months. Um, <laughs> why are we just playing them? Like. Wolves and seagulls, it's always easy to face at the minute. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah, not easy. I went to that game at Molyneux a couple of weeks ago, and that was our best performance for quite a long time, actually, and the away end was boss. Um, but yeah, we've just got to, I said it on the, the other day, a performance, a result needs to be a catalyst for what is to come for the rest of the season. Um, I will live and die on that hill, and hopefully it's this weekend. Um, what we do team-wise, we're not quite sure. But, yeah, a challenge. They've bought a lot of players, so it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. A lot of teams bought a lot of players in this transfer window, would you believe? Mm. Uh, so much of the told yeah, us that we were allowed to do that. Yeah, last this last... window in January, lads, yeah. that you can sign players, and it's not just the first day. Yeah, someone should have sold the whole of Mersey side, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure the Blues do either, to be honest. But, um, yeah, they've bought a lot of players. They're on a bit of an upward trajectory, aren't they, since Lopetegui went in? So, not an easy game. We could do it an easy game at some point, really. Yeah, there's no no easy games in the Premier League. No one else got the cliches to throw. Sam Allardyce. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. Look, it's almost the, the the opponents kind of almost irrelevant at this point. Chloe, again, we talk about it up forever. Our margin for error has gone now. The FA Cup, any chance we have of experimentation is gone, unless we've decided that the, the Premier League's a big laugh. But we can't decide that until we play Real Madrid because yeah. look, we remain the side that beat Man City earlier on in the season in the Premier League. You know, we've had some good games and we're, we're at there's times when we've turned it on brilliantly. And well, it feels did, like forever, we? doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty Bournemouth 9-0. Um, are we still just, is our goal difference still plus nine or have we, are, are we, have we lost that, that one thing now as well? Stop like? looking at the league. The, the, but this is, the, this is the thing. We've now got that run until the Real Madrid game to make sure that we're the best we can possibly be and Liverpool just need to win some fucking football matches. We're not going to lose every game it feels like we will do. We've got to take the positives that we've had in recent week. The Brighton thing, we've got it. Look, it was it was wasn't a great performance, and it was a very very disappointing defeat. But Liverpool have got to look, and what I'm sure they're looking at the training ground is is the incremental improvements from the Brighton League game and saying, well, the, the team has been, the the system systemically Liverpool have performed better in the last couple of weeks. What they need to do now is stick the ball in the back of the net a few times and actually take the pressure off. The lads at the at the other end of the pitch, Wolves represents a, a good opportunity. I'd rather have Wolves than any of the other games that follow in the coming weeks. I wouldn't really want Everton right now. I know we've it's pretty soon regardless. I wouldn't want Newcastle right now. Playing a team that at least we've got a feel for should work in our favour to some extent. Yeah, oh Chloe. I mean, <laughs> oh Chloe. Jesus. Um look, at the end of the day. Whatever happens, the Reds need to... to uh, you, you can't say turning it around because what are we turning it around for? We might already be out of top four, sadly. Um, but you, you need to keep the hope alive. You need to keep the desire alive and the commitment from the players week in, week out. So you've got to... I think Jürgen's got to, in his mind, tell his players, look, top four. We did it last year. We were so far behind the league leaders and look what happened. You can do it. Um and and hope that and once again I've I've not seen a reaction at any point from any of our Liverpool team, uh, you know after each in individual defeat or disappointing result you've always thought it's all right we we'll come back I want to see something from them I want to see a reaction I've not got that I'd love to see it again but I can't tell you if I will see an an actual reaction, um but I, I think we just got to go for it you've got to turn around and say 
there's that around the Real Madrid games, it is horrible. Those fixtures are horrible. And to be honest, I don't even know who Liverpool will play in the next six games. Why? Because I've had enough. I don't look at the teams and go, expect a win, expect a draw. Oh, that might be. Because every single game is graft. Um, and we need to learn to w- how to win when we need to graft and make it dirty and get through the games. Um, so, yeah, it, it's one of them where I, I'm really hoping that we're for some reason got some positivity and we're like not like me and we're like let's go for it let's see where we are let's get a good couple of runs together if we can it's a massive ask mm-hmm. um but you're gonna lose those players and then if we've got a couple of good runs together for that Real Madrid game yeah. imagine the atmosphere you know that's what we've got to strive for yeah you yeah, can't yeah. go into Real Madrid expecting because it's Real Madrid and it's the European Cup and magic and blah 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 exactly. blah. there's got to be something that says it feels like it's a little bit in our you know skill sets to actually win games by the time we come to that point it does watching Liverpool at the moment it's like having an old iPhone you charge it's on 100% you turn around after 10 minutes you look down it's on 16% so what the <laughs> fucking hell's going on lads <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? That's how, that's how Liverpool is. We're just so depleted in terms of our energy levels and stuff at the moment. But you, you made the point a couple of weeks ago, I think, Paul, and I, I agree with it, mate. You've got to make yourself hard to beat right now. The yeah. way that, the form that we're in, we're not going to blow teams away and we've got to just for, almost forget about that and work out how Liverpool are going to score goals. You know, find that, you know, a typical this season's Liverpool goal. You know, if that is being hard to beat and, and getting something from a set piece and stuff, then you can carry that into a Real Madrid game and you can maybe nick something. But you've got to keep the back door shut first and foremost. We can't be conceding early goals anymore. We can't be switching off early doors in games. We've got to earn the right to play football in each and every game that we play right now. And that's what I'll be hoping for against Wolves. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more Gakpo, to be honest, Stan. Again, mm. He's another one who's drawn a bit of score. And, I, and I've mentioned this elsewhere, but a lot of it's because there's lots of shitty and grin-faced Man United fans yeah. who are enjoying their football club at the moment and kind of like, therefore, they can be a bit like, ha, 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 we didn't buy him, he's not being great. Mm-hmm. I, there was a great video clip and I was waiting for it to happen, the all Gapo touches thing that was doing the rounds on Twitter. And it takes, you know, it it shows you that he's he's gaining a greater understanding of what we're, what we're asking. Mm-hmm. It is a bit weird at the moment with the Darwin Nunes kind of situation where our understanding is we bought him as a centre-forward. But when I watch Gakpo, I watch the best of Gakpo at the weekend. Yeah. That ma- it makes more sense for what we're trying to do. All of a sudden, the way he knits things together, when he was dropping deep and picking the ball up, he was Bobby Firmino with pace. Um, so that's one thing I'm hoping. I want to see him incrementally building on that. And if he could actually, you know, get, get a situation where Salah could score a goal again, mm. that might make us all feel loads better about the whole attacking oh 100% yeah I think Salah getting back to focus we've been making a lot about Salah not being in goal scoring opportunities those goal scoring moments we haven't been getting into those positions we did against Brighton he just wasn't able to finish them off I know he provides the assist but outside of that it was a pretty porous game from him given the amount of times we got him one on one with his full back and he never really managed to make it count or but, the keeper or the keeper that matter, yeah. but with Gakpo I completely agree he's been getting better and better sort of every time we've seen him in a cameo he's okay at Wolves I felt like he was really good against Brighton I felt like he didn't actually get the pace he deserved. I know we lose the game, and that's probably why. And he doesn't get anything tangible. He could have had two assists if the other people well, had finished that's the that's it. Shots. He didn't get anything tangible from the game. He probably needs a very impressive assist, or, of course, stick one in the back of the net himself, ideally. And then he's off and running. And you always want that from I remember Crouch, how long to take him to get off the mark. And you just want that first one to go in. I think he needs it. I've been really impressed with him. And, and like you, Paul, I think... 
all the characteristics were there in that performance of Bobby Firmino, which is so strange because I've referenced it a million times, talk about Gakpo, but when I spoke to a lot of people who understand him really well, nobody at any point said, oh, he could do a false nine for you. It was a 10 or left wing, and that's how it felt. But we've, we've seen Nunes sign him as a centre-forward, better on the left. We've seen Gakpo sign as a left winger, better at being... Bobby Firmino Mark II. So that could just be the way it happens. It's funny, isn't it, how we do this? I like everyone's become a bit like myopic and stuff. It's like, we bought it. He was this when we bought him. Why? That's where he's bought. He must have been bought for that position. Like, how often do we buy footballers and play them in completely different positions when G-Y they come to the fucking. Yeah, Gio and Allen being the almost king example of all this. Like, you know, it's a. You know, again, Roberto Firmino was a 10. Gets made into a false nine, revolutionises how we play. Brendan Rodgers was playing him fucking right wing. You know, we've had Adam Lallana, is a lad who played in the front today, Jürgen Klopp's like, nah, you're a pressing central midfielder. And we were all... Do you remember doing the... What, which players will be Jürgen Klopp players? I remember yeah. you going, Lallana will be, and everyone was good time was going, oh, not a chance, Lallana not, could never be a Jürgen Klopp. Ends up like the archetypal yeah. Jürgen Klopp player. Um, and that's why it's, it's kind of interesting to see. It feels like what we're doing right now, and again, it's go, we're, we're, this is when you've got stability in the managerial seat, is that it is a bit weird at the moment because there might be a shorter-term gain to throw in Salah centre-forwards or to throw in Darwin Nunes, He's been injured, so it's hard to tell. Um, but it feels like we're starting to get the shape of they clearly like the look of Gakpo in that number nine, Chris. And so they're seeing the benefits of going, Well, we've got him now, we're just gonna play him where we feel we're gonna use him, and hopefully yeah. the long term benefits will be felt from that if we're uh, not feeling them today. I think that's right. I think you know, when we signed Gakpo, I did say um on one of the deep dive shows, I do feel like he's got the attributes to, to play that false nine. Um but what Darwin Nunes did before the winter break was prove that he can play the left wing and be an absolute mm-hmm. handful. Um and I don't think we've really got Darwin Nunes we don't play to his strengths in terms of when he's a centre forward at the moment. So if we can get quite quite good sorts of efficiencies out of Darwin Nunes and out of Gakpo at the same time, I'll maybe trying to bring Mo Salah into the game because he's the one I think who struggled most with having Nunes as the number nine. Mm-hmm. Is that he's not getting into those positions? Well, I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? You know, we can spread the shops between Darwin. Who Nunes. runs into that space first? Yeah, it's like... a race, and right now Darwin Nunes is winning it, unfortunately, yeah. um, because he's not finishing all the all the opportunities that we create. But it's about getting the best out of the front three and when there are injuries and stuff people come back it might change again it might go to Darwin Nunes and it might be that actually Darwin Nunes does 60 and Gakpo does the, the, the last 30 or the other way around and it just gives us options in different ways to beat teams I think the versatility is what Klopp's always wanted from his forward players mm. and that is the one thing that we have bought and he was blessed with Mane and Firmino and Salah at their pomp because they were just so good you don't they get versatility with players, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah they had versatility but they were all world class in each of the three positions which is mental just yeah. wanted to ask you Chris I know you might want to go into yourself but, but on that because we've obviously added Darwin Nunes, who's a very different nine to Bobby Firmino is, his entire game is modelled about going that way and not necessarily coming this way. Does it make it harder for Firmino being around and in the squad still getting dropped in and out? Because when Firmino's there, we play very differently because of what he does. When Darwin Nunes is suddenly in the nine, we want to do it completely Changes different. everything. We're going through a transition, we know that, but it's made even harder by having Firmino and Nunes as your nine op- 
option, surely. Probably, yeah, probably. I mean, it changes the midfield. It changes exactly. where you're supposed to attack from and where the space is. I think what we saw a few weeks ago was Fabinho getting into the sort of half space at times during games. Mm-hmm. You've got the eight getting into the half space. They'd never do that with Bobby Firmino. They'd never need to do there, that because yeah. he's there. But they, the space is there and you need to get somebody into that space because Nunes is further forward. When you drop Bobby in, the midfield changes around it and that's, I think, the difficulty. Hard, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you want to know what the archetypal Liverpool goal is going to look like and we're starting to see the, the shoots of this, it is what we saw at the weekend of the chances that we created. It's when Gappo's dropping in, dropping deep and coming with it and then look at, look at the runs that Salah and Elliot are making. They're, they're bending runs centrally. Darwin as will do that round the outside but they're ending up in in the 18-yard box. In fact, it's where Fabio Carvalho gets his goal against City because he drifts over from that side to, yeah. to fill in that position. That's what it's going to start to look like and we've created those chances, but you're right, they just need to start scoring them. And if, they, if the lads in front of goal can start sticking them away, it will make us feel a whole lot better about a whole lot more things because ultimately, we, I just don't think we're quite there to be winning games 1-0 at this point. It'll be eased. If, if we can just get Jota back, if we can just get Bobby Firmino back, because again, he's in brilliant goal-scoring form, that will ease the pressure on absolutely everything. But yeah, it's hard to judge where we're at until until we get that. Fingers crossed we can just get up and running against Wolves and then we'll all feel a little bit better in the short term. Um, right, two, a couple of things I want to draw people's attention to. First and foremost, uh, in the Discord, the club legend um, Jalea family says well let's hope our brilliant squad all get match fit and return to form we need 70 points that would probably be enough for fourth place depending on other results so another 41 out of 19 games to play 41 out of a possible 57 hope in our hearts I love a little bit of positivity yeah, um, yeah go ahead it's terrifying when you actually put it in those kind of terms um, other thing as well we've got a whole bunch of brand new shows launching this week into next week as well Redmen Rebooted is coming from next Monday but if you want to get a little glimpse at some of the new things we're doing immediately after this we've got a brand new show it is the biased football podcast uh, it is going to be the Redmen originals chatting through um, and basically having a bit of a laugh at some of our rivals talking through some of their issues and whatever and just being horrendously biased Liverpool fans whilst talking about the issues of other football clubs what's what not to like uh, there is going to be focus on the Ev uh, of course we will be talking about Todd Bowley's loophole um, <laughs> um, loophole. <laughs> and I'm quite disappointed and loads more if you want to head over there uh, onto redmenplus.com and sign up you can get that in video in podcast form as well and do tune in Thursday 7pm live on YouTube a brand new show Thursday Night Pint uh, it is an expanded version of what we do on the podcast we're going to be using the full room set we've got Adam Rowe and we've got James Sutton in the studio for that we're going to be doing a bit more of an edgy laid back uh, fun look at all things around Liverpool and football so yeah tune in Thursday night at 7pm exclusively on YouTube I hope to see us over there um, guys thank you so much I feel a little bit better now that we've come around how are you doing Clown? no 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 Human. Human. <laughs> um, see us on the biased footy podcast uh, and uh, other than that have a boss day thanks for listening if you want even more boss content and podcasts just like this go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.